Welcome to the Linguist Lounge, a podcast dedicated to all us world language teachers who want a place for ideas, humor, and professional development. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out in the field of language education, we aim to offer valuable insights and practical tips to help you improve your teaching skills that will better connect you with your students and your craft. From classroom strategies and lesson planning to cultural immersion and technology integration, we cover it all in a fun, quick, and engaging way that will leave you feeling inspired and motivated to take your teaching to the next level. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Linguist Lounge. This is a quick note about this episode that you're about to listen to today. This is actually part two to an episode we did two weeks ago called All About Engagement in which we discuss more barriers to engagement and then ways to fix them in our classroom. And you will notice two things here. Number one, you'll notice that there's a distinct break from one day to another because we recorded this over two days and also there is a very distinct difference in audio quality so from this point forward it should be a lot more enjoyable to listen to because we have finally figured out what works i'm doing like hallelujah hands you can't see them but that's what i'm doing and i think that it's going to be great for everybody listening so i hope that you enjoy this episode and the next episodes that we've got coming down the pipeline so let's get back into the content we've literally been talking about all this stuff already so it's sort of just a repeat of some things but incorporate active learning strategies such as group work role-playing games and simulations to make language learning interactive and engaging Um, use technology tools and apps that facilitate interact interactive learning uh, language practice and provide immediate feedback. So that might be something like Duolingo, which I'm a big fan of using Duolingo in your classroom. There, it can you can use it in a, in a variety of different ways, but some of the ways that uh, the way that I, I was using it before was just like as a a weekly grade, basically. Like you have to get so much XP, but it, the good thing about it is it, it does provide immediate feedback, and I don't have to give it because <laughs> yeah. it's hard for like me to give immediate feedback to thirty people. It's yeah. hard for me to provide immediate feedback to three people. So it, it's yep. it really is good. Another thing that is I I love. I really love Martina Beck's. I don't know. She'll never listen to this podcast ever because she's Martina Beck's. But she does. She has this app called Garbanzo, and it's sort of like Duolingo, but it's more through stories, and it's really great. The kids absolutely hated it, but they learned so much through there. Like they learned so much. I mean, their their level was uh, uh, year over year for me was using Garbanzo. I could really tell a difference in the way that they interpreted and processed and. Got, like gave me like spoken output and so I really do think that something like that that gives that gives gives them that immediate output is definitely something worth looking into um, and then incorporate a variety of teaching methods that cater to different learning styles mm-hmm. so that might be you've got some kids that are auditory learners you've got some kids that are visual learners that means that you have to like really change the way that you teach depending on you know like or in incorporating a lot of those things into one lesson. So, yeah, do a little lecture. Yeah, do a little hands-on. Or do a little, um, you know, group work speaking is, yeah, speaking. Right. Group work is great, too, because that means they can work with somebody else. That's the thing I always say to them is, like, if you don't know, find someone that does. Because there's somebody that does, you know. And I think that you could go to me, but I would prefer you find someone else first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that. We can move on from that one because that one's pretty self-explanatory. I think we do need to, as a as a society of teachers, I think it would be really good for us to move away from some of those ineffective language teaching strategies in general. Not even language teaching, just teaching in general. Um, 
And then the last, well, let's, there's two things, but I think we'll probably save the last one for another episode because it is external distractions. But I believe that one of the biggest things that kind of like hinder the engagement in a classroom is language anxiety. And the, the inability or maybe not the inability, but the not, I, I guess it is an inability for them to, for them to actually give some sort of output. You know, whether it be like because they already have anxiety or because they don't want to make a mistake or um, maybe that just that's just going to cause them to like struggle to engage fully in, in any way. So um, I, I think that really does create a, a barrier to like their participation and it will hinder their overall engagement. And so I, I, I want to discuss say along with that, like the stereotype of it, like because everybody comes in my class and it's like, oh, my gosh, German's going to be so hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not any harder than any other language. Like, yeah. so a lot big part of that for me is overcoming like not just you know fear of another language but it being specifically german they feel like it's going to be so hard and so i like to try to start off with as many like cognates and words that you can kind of like just kind of teach them from context like if i like the very first day i start with uh um and then i'm like you know he has do and we just kind of based on what i'm the answers to it like or even in mount juliet like they hear the mount juliet part and mm-hmm. can guess yep. that that is yep. probably saying, you know, yep. I live yep. in or whatever. And so I just try to do that, like, pretty soon that way that not anxiety doesn't fall away, but it just is like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be different yeah. than I thought it was going to be. See the I do the same thing. I have my bio slide yeah. up. When they come in, I read it out loud to them. I let them read it. I've got visuals to yep. that on, on that. And then so they can they pick know. it apart. So we're reading know. day exactly. one, and they're listening day one. So it just <clears> kind of breaks down that, that mm-hmm. anxiety because they do come in with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if, a lot of mine don't even, weren't even like, well, I signed up for usually Spanish. And I mean, yeah. They put me in here. So. I would say if you're not doing a sort of like cognate lesson, it really is beneficial. Yep. Mm. That's what I did. I, I started doing that in the last, um, in the last year or so. And I really feel like that has very much helped just the overall like anxiety, like Heather said, just them like being able to like, know. Oh, I already know some words because there are a lot of cognates in Spanish and I'm sure in German as well, but just like to give them sort of like a, a basis to work mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. is super helpful. Yeah. Like Even that, with the AP exam, I found too, like a lot of the words that they're going to use on it. Yeah. The test is a lot harder, but there's a lot of times a word that you can just like grasp onto and and run with that Mm -hmm. instead of working on listening or concentrating on all the things that are hard or that you don't understand holding on to what you do and kind of going from there right right i love telling my students funny embarrassing stories about um where i've messed up in my language learning especially when i've lived abroad i have a handful of stories that have that put me really in an embarrassing light and I think that it helps them see that like you know I'm out there I'm putting myself out yeah. there and it's okay I made mistakes and I've really embarrassed myself a few times because I don't I don't have the recall that a lot of right. language people have and I'm not I mean I've only lived like a, you know a year and a half in total abroad you know so it's not this extended period of time um, so I you know I, I have struggles in language learning and I share that with them and I usually make them I have pretty funny stories to tell them that they can relate to. I love it. Um, yeah, and I think that that really does, not only does that help them to, like, decrease their anxiety, but they can also see, like, you're doing this and you have the same, you've had the same issues before. Mm. I don't want to say issues because that seems like 
an oversimplification of what it is. It is just a a thing that it happens, and it, I mean, it's it's it's. I have anxiety about lots of things that are new to me, mm-hmm. so this doesn't. This isn't just a, an exception to that. This is just some other area in your life in which that you could experience anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think another thing is just really the thing that I'd like to add is that 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 small group piece that we keep talking about is really important because it provides them an opportunity to do things with less people because a lot of times it's based off of how many people are around them you know and i think especially because i have this like trope in my mind of like a teacher being like okay Susie, how do you blah 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 and then she's the only person in the class everybody's looking at her and she's the only person talking mm-hmm. so whatever what's everybody else right supposed to be doing right at the time? And I think that that's why those small groups, I mean, that is such a teachery thing to say, but I think that's why that small group aspect is so important. And it, it does really give them an ability to like build their confidence as well. Um, another thing is to just make sure that we're providing uh, opportunities for them to practice gradually. Like I, that's something that I have found too, is like I'm someone who wants to move very quickly. I don't want to spend a lot of time doing things. And there are a lot of kids that are that way as well. But the problem is there are kids that are not. And I am I need to make sure that I'm also giving those kids an ability to like build confidence gradually instead of like just giving them a bunch of stuff and being like, you can do it. Cause yeah. that with yeah. like with, with me giving them all that work with no scaffolding or no support whatsoever, I'm really just setting them up to fail at that point. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, I wrote down starting with low pressure activities and progressing to more challenging tasks. So that may be, you know, when I'm teaching them about how to talk about their selves. Like Heather just had this great example earlier about my name is, what's your name? Okay, my name is. Okay, now you tell me, now you say the sentence, my name is. Right now you turn to your friend and say, my name is okay. And then we build up to like, okay, now have a conversation now have an introduction conversation. And that's something that, um, that I have done in the past. And that works really well is just being able to like give them opportunities to like build up. It's not, it's not like, okay, here's all the vocabulary. Now I want you to write a, write a little scene where you introduce yourself to a person and you talk about the weather and blah, blah, blah. But it's like giving them slow, attainable goals instead of like a big overarching theme. Mm. Yeah. So do you have, do you, either of you have anything that you'd like to add? Yeah, I would say the way that I structure my week um, definitely pulls in things like the the scaffolding. Um, so, for example, on Wednesdays, we call it Musica Miraculous, which means Music Wednesday. So we, I start off by building their confidence by things we've already practiced leading up to transitioning into something new. And so I think the way that you organize not just a unit, but also just your days so that there's predictability so that when it's time to introduce something new and, you know, any, any introducing anything that's like could throw them off or create anxiety like they've already done a con- like a confidence builder that has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, guess, I think in the, like I feel like the professional terminology would be activating background right, knowledge right. here. Assessing prior knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like that, that just kind of ties into the, we're building you know like that was and that's something I, I feel like the kids that I had last year could could like quote that to me but we're 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 laying foundation in the beginning you're laying a foundation and then you're taking all of the new things and you're stacking that on top of that foundation so if you don't if you miss that foundation your house is going to crumble mm. you know that's why in the past like to like a personal story is like that's why in the past the past tense for me has always like fallen apart a lot in a lot of times because they have they did not 
get the present tense well. They weren't able to conjugate verbs in the present tense well. So, of course, they're not going to be able to conjugate verbs in the past tense. And so you have to, like, really go year to year, and you have to really assess, like, for yourself, like, what works and what was what they got well and what they didn't get well. And I think that that will really help you, like, moving forward. And, and it will help with your engagement, too, to tie it back because then they will be able to, like, actually perform. Like, you're going to have kids that are like, oh, yeah, I'm really confident with that, so I can totally move on to the next thing. Okay, so the next one is to, well, another barrier really to engagement in our classrooms would be um, just that we're not providing enough individualized support. And I think the important thing to like re- remember here is that everybody's journey is different. And when we talk about journey, that's such like a metaphorical, like we're all on a journey, but <laughs> truly everyone's journey of language learning is so different. And there's no way that we could tailor one size fit all like solution mm-hmm. um, that would be, you know, appropriate for every student so that's where i think it's really important to like know the level that they are speaking at and reading at and writing at and then being able to like come back around and sort of like tailor our instruction to like better suit that specific child and it does kind of take a lot of work but you you know what what i think is really good and what i've really tried to start doing is like just making like multiple versions of the same thing or finding multiple versions of the same thing that is that are at differing levels and that has been really like beneficial because a lot of the times there's a, we've we talked about anxiety before, but there could also be a lot of anxiety if I receive a paper that looks different than someone else's. So yeah. f- figuring out a way to like modify that assignment, but also make it look similar enough to where there's not going to be like a red flag of being like, well, this kid beside me has a totally different paper than I have because mm-hmm. I've had that happen. And that's mm-hmm. not like a fun experience to have as a teacher to have to explain why your paper oh, looks different no. than yeah. someone else's. Mm-hmm. So what are some other ways or maybe you have like a specific um, ex- uh, experience or pin- you can pinpoint something specific that you've done where, but either of you, where you have individualized that support p- per student? Um, so this topic's really all intimidating for me, I think it is for a lot of teachers because finding that space, even in a block schedule like ours with almost 90 minutes, um, for me, finding that space um, to give that, like, I think a one-on-one attention. Mm-hmm. So I, and I definitely want to hear your ideas on that because I think y'all do really well on that. But I really find myself targeted toward activities that I can do that does not neglect the part of the class that I'm not talking about. But instead, think about how some of the students who maybe are higher achievers mm-hmm. get it, but they also a lot of times are the most outspoken ones. So mm-hmm. you start assuming that, that everybody else, gets everyone it. else gets mm-hmm. it too. And that's a hard trap to fall in. I think we know that they don't, but it's an easy, it yeah. makes, it makes it, I think it makes it easy for us to go down that route. Oh, okay. Well, these people get it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of whiteboards. Now, oh, I can't yeah. overuse it, but the whiteboards, and especially, I mean, I, sometimes I do it in small groups. Sometimes I do it, a lot of times I do it individually. I have a class set. If you don't have a class set, get a class set. Yep. And, ha- you know, this also helps me move. I'm a pretty fast-paced teacher, so yep. it helps me move my class at a pace that I'm comfortable with. I definitely, side note, think I need to be more comfortable in the slowing down space. <laughs> but yeah. we're all growing here. Um, but whiteboards allow me to move at a pretty fast pace, but catch errors so because if one student made an error with this then probably others and usually we start seeing routines Mm, so that allows me to address common errors that wouldn't have gotten if i just allow the people who get it right Mm -hmm. off the bat to answer and don't um uh 
and don't do that. And it's just a very, it's a yeah. very good engagement tool. Yeah. Can't overuse it. It gets right. stale pretty quick, but mm-hmm. bringing it back every yeah. couple of uh, lessons is, has worked wonders for me. And I think students just really like to have that. Yeah. In their hands. Yes. They do. They yeah. love a good mm-hmm. they love a good marker. They yeah. really love those whiteboards. They do. There's yeah. something about those whiteboards. Man. I kind of going along with the whole whiteboard thing um, is so I think I've talked about this before. I put my vocab list in context. Like I don't just do words like vocab. Mm-hmm. They're in sentences. So then when we do whiteboard activities, I make different sentences. Uh-huh. So they have to take the word out of the context that's in the vocab and put it in right. a different one. Yeah. And that's the same kind of thing, but then you can see, yeah, who's getting it, who's not getting it, and then, yeah. So that's one thing. Another thing that I do is I, especially when kids, like, have to make up a vocab quiz or, you know, make up anything, I often try to get them to come in, like, before or after school just so that right. I can actually get them one-on-one and kind of t- talk with them, too, like, do the thing that we got to make up or whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, actually talk to them and be like, okay, are you not getting this? Do you get this? Do you you not like being smart in front of a crowd? Like, right. you can kind of get to the bottom of it without like separating them out right. um and obviously it just goes a lot quicker when you can just make the thing up with just the one kid as mm-hmm. opposed to figuring out something to do with everybody else while exactly. you're talking to that one kid yep. um and that i i've had most kids be able to do one or the other sometimes yeah. it's harder with the sports kids but that has really gotten me a lot more information from them yeah. um to be able to then use so that yeah. individualization actually being individualized yeah. like one-on-one mm-hmm. um gets me a lot more information that can help yeah so i'm thinking too i i know that there's this i don't know if it's like a a meme or like just a it's something i saw one time i can't remember if it was facebook or instagram but it was this like sort of like encouragement to make this this isn't really specifically about um about learning or about work or anything but it's just something to help you sort of like be familiar and kind of like know what kids you're missing i suppose Mm -hmm. and what i mean by missing well i guess that it will just it's going to reveal itself through the story i'm about to tell Mm -hmm. but something that this person was saying to do and i wish that i could remember who it was if i if i find it i'll try to either listed or credit them one but make a list of all the students that are in your class i mean especially because after like the first two months like you should be able to know you know the names and the ones that you have trouble remembering go to those and try to connect with them in some way oh absolutely and yeah like we i would say us here at the table in the lounge here we don't struggle with like connecting with our students we've talked about that like Mm -hmm. at at great lengths but if you feel like you're really having trouble with like knowing the needs of your kids, mm-hmm. making yourself available to them will actually help them become available to you as Absolutely. well. Because like a lot of times if I don't have a connection with the kid, they may never tell me if they don't understand something ever. Mm-hmm. They may never want to speak up ever. Mm-hmm. But if I go to them and be like, show interest in their lives or like be like, Hey, how are you doing? Or yeah, just, just what they're drawing. Yeah. Or, yeah I mean, like that, that really does go a long way. And I think that that can help us provide that individualized support because mm-hmm. that, that shows them that we care enough about them to like take interest in what they're doing and who they are. Yeah. And so I would say that would be like a good, like challenge to all of us teachers out there is like maybe mid semester, just be like, okay, I need to sit down and I really need to think about what kids have I not connected with? What kids do I need to like do a little bit more work mm-hmm. to like really, get to know because like that really will help a lot in the long run yeah absolutely. and in the short yep. short game too truly yeah for sure um i think another thing that is really important when it comes to like individualized support is just providing them other methods and learning on their own so and i know that we've talked about this a little bit before this specific part of this episode but really like like encouraging them to have something 
ancillary that they do on their own time is really important. You know, like be like, if you want to continue practicing this, download Duolingo. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I know that we talk, we talk about Duolingo and I say there's, I say we, but there's a big, bigger conversation happening about like it's effectiveness and stuff. But for like drilling things, it really is good. Yeah. And also the thing I love about Duolingo is that you take a placement test and it puts you at the level yep. that you should be mm-hmm. in. So I don't have to continue having the kids work on the same thing yep. over and over again if they're bored with that thing. Like Duolingo will tailor it to them. Yeah. And a lot of kids like really just like to do it because it mm-hmm. is sort of like a game. So, I mean, just like finding things like that. I know that we talked a lot about Martina Beck's before too, and it, it does cost some money, but Garbanzo is really good for reading and it will tailor that like the level to them as well. So there's, there are those things, but just to have like a little bit of extra something that yeah. they can do. Cause there are those kids that will like push to get something more, you yeah. know, and I can't, the, the, we all know as teachers is like, it's already hard enough to create the things for the class and then having to create extra things is just like another chore in and of itself. So automation and trying to figure out ways to like easily integrate that stuff back in um, into the classroom and giving them the opportunities to do that. I would say something that I'm going to be doing this year too is I'm going to get a classroom library of like readers, yes, just to have like different things that they can I go have a and few, pull but from not the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a grant from the ap access for all so that i could get like a classroom library so i'm really excited about that and i think delia and i are going to share it so that'll be really great yeah but i'm really excited share me on your how to's like yeah exactly yeah absolutely i mean not just like talking about the library i want to build on that but i also have like a game library Mm -hmm. um where like i'll teach them how to play certain games and i think all this ties back to uh something from the previous episode about choice finding something that individualized them per level but also per interest and now that you're talking about it it goes back to something i struggle with is and you said it a minute ago what are the others doing when i need to be face to face with these students this all this that we're talking about and so but you have to be really intentional Mm -hmm. about how to teach them to use it because otherwise their default will be phones and things that they're that they're comfortable with but once you get external uh, yeah. Distractions. Yes. Oh, speaking of phones. Next exactly. Yeah. That is the next one. So <laughs> another sort of barrier to engagement in the language, really any classroom. I keep saying world language classroom, but it's just because we are world language teachers. Right. But another really like, and I saved this one for last because I felt that it was probably the biggest one, but to, to have a, a plan to minimize external distractions. Mm-hmm. So that could be like a cell phone mm-hmm. or that could be like uh excessive chatter to mm-hmm. use like a radio term or, or, you know, anything that might impede people's ability to learn of their own doing most of the time. Mm-hmm. But something that I was thinking of specifically is like an, in order for us to like minimize those distractions, we've got to have a good plan in place that says, this is our expectation when you're in my classroom. Like you will have kids that will inevitably not follow the expectation, but most of the time, if you express that on the front end and you follow through with whatever you're going to do. And follow through. Yes. Follow that's through. the Absolutely. part, the key yeah. piece that I think a lot of people miss. Dilly, how can we follow through with that though? Because it's so hard to be like, especially when you have 36 kids, like it's so hard to say, 
I am going to do X, Y, Z if yeah. you do if you have your phone out. Oh yeah, and I mean, so an added admin task, and if you listen to mine, I mean, and I think Heather's like we, the extra admin tasks are taxing on mm-hmm. me, and so like you know, in our school, we we have a policy about it, and we have a we have a spreadsheet and document it, and at, at a certain number of like, if I'm speak, thinking specifically about cell phone usage, but I'm talking, there's tons of policies, excessive chatter, just being up out of your desk, whatever it is that's happening there it's it's covered in our right. um behavior behavior policy mm-hmm. and there's a sheet for it and we yep. and eventually and what i love about our admin is that they that certain number up. which is number four usually depending on the uh of, uh, offense. offense yes mm-hmm. thank you um that we just give it to our admin and they're very yep. gracious to say this is not your problem yes. anymore mm-hmm. however that's still admin on me right. and it, so it sounds really easy and some teachers are great at it that's not on me so i'm thinking specifically about cell phones and what i do that is consistent is if you are on your cell phone and you are tempted by that you my students definitely know they're getting called on very very yes. soon like it's it's gonna happen voluntold but, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep yep i think that i well first of all i love that because that really that i mean that is a good motivator for like not being on it because you're like i don't want to be called mm-hmm. i would say that like what do you do for the kid that's never on their phone do you just don't call on them you know what i mean <laughs> I have so much variety in mm. how I call on okay. students that that's never that that just doesn't okay. that doesn't happen. That's perfect. Um, and yeah, and I think if you go back and have that engaging lesson, right. I'm not saying this is even happening a ton, but mm-hmm. I do think to for me the student that is on their cell phone more are the ones that probably wouldn't yeah. volunteer. Oh, true. And answer. So I it, it, I don't yeah. I think if you have the variety and yeah. you are making sure you have a structure of how you call on equally. An right. equal amount of time that the people who want to be right. who want to be called on as well because this isn't happening a ton, yeah. but enough. But and mm. again, I think the reason it's not happening a ton for me, and again, I'm not saying cell phone usage, but as far as like this extended cell phone usage, just like someone who thinks mm-hmm. they can be on it for several several minutes at a time without even glancing up, um, that they're going to get yeah. called on yeah. eventually. And it's it is. I mean, I think at high school they're a little more comfortable with being in that embarrassment about. Yeah. I don't know the Not answer, knowing, yeah. but it's a little bit. And yeah. for me, also, I have a participation policy. Oh yes, you so have to you, have that. Yeah, because again, I think that like you know, knowing the stuff, perfecting the language, I want to work toward that. But I also, I just really want my students to be present. Yeah. That's so important mm-hmm. to yeah. me. Yep. It's like it's just one of the most one of the skills we have just really yes. lost. But again, in life, yeah, in because life, not just because it's, it's in the classroom, be but like present. Jobs, How many times are you lives? with an adult yeah. and yeah. you know yeah. that they're not giving you yes. their present. attention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Something to once again, my this is a word that keeps coming back to me, like haunting me, but piggybacking <laughs> off of what Delise <laughs> said there is. I just find I've found that like fighting the beast of cell phones is not something that I want to do. So Ugh. I just well, first of all, some, something that I've done was is I got some uh, someone to donate like charging stations. So I have like I thirty spots for cell phones that will charge them. Because a lot of times, what it is is like I I may not want you to be on your phone, but I also want to offer you like a good opportunity to do something for yourself which is to charge your phone because the kids are on their phone so much that their battery's dead by the time (laughs) they go home so if i can give them like a midday like 30 to 45 minute charging like point because they're all fast chargers so they Mm -hmm. they charge in like you know half an hour um but the the problem that i had with that was i just didn't follow through with it like i was like okay here they are and then i just never pushed it but it was a good like 
uh, test for me to see like does it work and it does work you just have to be consistent yeah. now they are expensive but another thing that i would say is maybe do like an amazon wish list and post it on your facebook that yeah, really was good absolutely. for me last yeah. year i got I a, lot of donations. a lot of teachers yeah because um, people do want to really support educators yeah. but that's mm-hmm. one way and then another thing is just offer them opportunities within the class to get on it so like for me every like half hour or every like 40 minutes or between things i'm like okay you got five minutes you can check your phone blah 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 because it really does like it's like i'm opening up the floor for them to do it i'm not saying like you can't have it at all because here's the thing y'all we're never gonna that's never we're never gonna get that to work for us like Mm -hmm. if we say you can't have your phone at all that's not gonna work so we've got to create ways to like work with the technology so it doesn't work against us Mm. and i think like if we provide like you know short time for them to like have like to be on their phone or whatever i think that that does work really well um and just like be aware too that like they if you buy if you buy phone cords for them they will steal them oh yeah you did have that happen yeah that's yeah. okay they're really cheap and i got the really short ones so like yeah. what they gonna do with it it's not like they can charge <laughs> you phone and, but it, you know it it is I, I will say there's a little bit of loss there because you you are gonna have kids like steal those cords it's like any other material yeah. though part of your classroom pencils, materials the pencils i mean, I mean right. yeah we, I this is just more high dollar <laughs> i don't think they mean to like yeah, i don't think no. that their intention was I to agree. be like i'm no. stealing from profe but they yeah. did so which I, I i started the year with 30 and i ended with 16 so yeah. i mean it's not like oh, the goodness. worst Please thing tell them i am mad at them though because someone who really doesn't give two flips about their phone i need his charger sometimes yeah. and at the end of the year i didn't have his charger to charge my phone <laughs> when i got to work she would be like it'd be like fifth block or first block but can i charge your my phone on your charger like, do you not charge it at sure night? baby uh, oh I, I, I should and then like <laughs> i don't care the, I really don't care about them. That's why I'm so like, get off your phone. I don't care. Like, I don't yeah. even, again, we've heard this. I don't even know where mine is sometimes, which is not, I'm I not promoting that. that, but that's just me. Like, there's other things to do. I love yeah, it. I so love that about you. It's because you're old. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> I say that as the person who is a year older. I had to tell her, I had to tell her last year I didn't have a charger for her rotary phone. <laughs> Her, her uh, what are those grandma phones? Yeah. Um, and then the, it almost almost took that as grandma phones. Yeah, that's what ah, I, that's what you said. That's okay. what that was the that irony. Was okay, cool, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, the last piece that I have here is, and this is has been a thread through this entire episode and the last one, but creating a positive and inclusive classroom community where students feel supported and connected, and that's what we've been trying to do all along. Is you know, like finding ways to get buy-in from them that may not be specifically related to language, because mm-hmm. like. I, I know I've said this so many times, but people aren't going to buy into what you're teaching until they buy into you. And we really do have to make it like a classroom where people enjoy being in there first yeah, of all. Yeah. And I will say, for example, we talked about our, or we will talk about our fifth blocks. Like in my honors classes, the phones aren't nearly the problem that they are in the non-honors mm-hmm. classes. And I think that does have to do with them driving as a class too. Right. Um, because engagement is just higher. Whereas yeah. in the other one, they're not like, they don't like each other. There's so many different like mm-hmm. crews in there that mm-hmm. they just don't get along. And so then the buy-in isn't as right. high. So that, mm. that is also a thing. Right. Well, these have been really great. Yeah. So, and I think they're very practical. And I think that they're, they're definitely things that here that you can like take and run with. Um, we do have a few questions. Woo-hoo! So let's start with the first one, it, which is, I think, a really great question. But um, it says, what is the most engaging thing? So that could have been a lesson or a unit, et cetera, that you've ever done in your classes mm. and why? Mm. I 
I know mine. Oh, go for right it. Right away. So, again, novelty. Can't use it too much because it'll it'll get stale. But anytime I do any activity, I think us in the teaching world would call this maybe you know, jigsaw or maybe information gap, but any, but I don't even really want to label as that because it can look a lot of different ways. But anytime I give small groups, I never do this individually because when you have 36 students, it's too, too much, but like small groups, information that other groups don't have, Mm -hmm. but then at the end of the, at the end of the lesson, they'll all be responsible for answering questions on it about the whole thing. And I do Mm -hmm. this a lot with reading because reading is not something you say to a lot of students are like, yeah, we're reading a lot today, but a a reading heavy, um, lesson, uh, you know, cutting that article up saying, you've got this topic, you've got this section and then having them circulate around, um, or that. So I'll give you one example that worked really well. We were in a travel unit and um, there was a reading where you had three couples who were deciding where they should go on vacation. And of course, they were all culturally relevant to a Spanish speaking country. And then you had three Spanish speaking countries and what those countries had to offer. So we're off. We're incorporating culture here as Mm -hmm. well. But I cut those couples up there. So one group got a couple. Two more groups got another, a different couple, and then the three trips that were being offered. So you had to match a couple with the best trip. So yeah. I had six groups. Three of them had a couple. Three of them had a destination. That sounds and awesome. so they had to circulate around, and they had to meet all the couples and get information about all I love it. the trips. And then at the end, their job was to pick which couple goes on which trip and justify why. Mm-hmm. I love so it. So good. Interesting. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Something that I have really found is i try to lean into what other people do that really works because like i'm creative but i like tried and true as well mm-hmm. like things that i know are going to be good yeah and something that i love doing and that has really i have a lot of like participation and success with is <clears throat> senorita Sp- uh, spanish has this thing called corre en circulos love that. which is mm-hmm. like a it's it's just a movement activity really but it you can you can pretty much do it with whatever she has a lot of different things on teachers pay teachers the topics but for example like one paper that you go to a paper first it can be any any paper i have papers hung in the hallway sometimes in the classroom hung in the hallway a lot there's like 25 or 30 (laughs) well i've gotten on this um yeah so some of them could be mine at any given moment (laughs) um and they go to just any paper to start off with and it has like a like a sentence or maybe like a verb and it's asking you to like uh, it gives you a subject. Let's just use that for an example. It gives you a subject and a verb, and it's like all it's all in the preterite. So, like if it's like to and ver, then you write down on your paper viste, and you go to the next paper, and the paper that you're looking for has the word viste on it, and it gives you another clue, and you write that one down. You go to another clue, and it takes like forty minutes, but they oh, wow. are moving the entire time, yeah, and it, it is never it's, feels it's, it never feels forty minutes. Yeah, and, wow. really like and they like doing it. Oh, like yeah. that's the thing is like it, it really it gets them out of their seat, it gets them moving, it gets them talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we want meant to be sitting down <laughs> no. for no. eighty five minutes, but I and wonder, that is, leads to a lot of behavior issues. So movement's pretty important. Right. I hate it sometimes because it doesn't look it looks a little bit chaotic. Yeah. Chaotic. yeah. yeah. So I don't but really I wonder like the way if it, it looks, would work. I'll have to look at one that y'all do and see if I could just you change could probably do the that. word. Yeah. Yeah. There's a German bunch of different ones. Instead of like yeah. but the predator like I don't know. Well that that's easy to do though. It can be done with yeah. anything. You can yeah. well, you can even just make to one translate yourself, it because I don't yeah, well I would want to translate it. Like yeah. work with something tried and true. Well, there's also like agreement ones. So you could do like adjectives agreeing with with subjects or whatever. I don't cover that though either. Well, the way you do your sentences, though, I'm, I can't. Then I don't know how to do. I don't know how to help. Well, you. that's what I'm saying. Just give me your the next one. 
on it, like translated. Like I have English, like eight or nine. And then I can so, see yeah. what I can do with it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say one thing that uh, really works for me that the kids actually love that surprises me that they love it so much are my popsicle sticks. Mm-hmm. They love they those love. popsicle sticks. I'm I not entirely want to join sure the why. Popsicle sticks, but I wouldn't know what I So I, well, so I make up answers for them. And some of them, when they get to know more things, some of the answers are more varied. Like, you know, what's your favorite subject is one of them but you know some of sometimes they are specific to them but the way we do it too is also when they get a new vocab list i hide the popsicle stick Mm. questions and i've gotten really they actually really like this part which you wouldn't think considering that they're high schoolers but like i'll put it on a ceiling tile or under that i actually think they would like that yep like and there's always about six or six of them so they got to find the questions and the answers and i don't put question marks on it so they don't know which is Mm -hmm. which um and they got to match them up and then we talk about what they mean how to answer them and then they match up the questions and and the answers yeah Yeah, i love that and then i use it every day as when they come in and this does take a while it does cut into class time a little bit but um they have to so i have them in a little bowl and they pick one and they have to answer it on Mm -hmm. their way in to the class every day um and i'm actually surprised how much they really like that that yeah. turned into something bigger than i thought it was gonna be well it gives <laughs> so. you the touch point with them too like, yeah it's nice exactly. to have that little like in uh, touch point with the kid as they yep. come into class exactly and when they when i don't ask them like sometimes mm-hmm. it's i've been running later had to talk to somebody or whatever and they're like oh no questions today like they they mm-hmm. point it out so mm-hmm. it's yeah i think it's very engaging yeah i know another thing that is really engaging to my or has really engaged my students a lot is any kind of like speed dating activity and what i mean is like you give them like a list of questions like uh, for example if i'm doing the preterite um where did you go last week how did you feel yesterday stuff like this so on and so forth and then they go i give them like 40 seconds or 30 seconds per each person and they try to get as many answers from that person as possible and then when the timer goes off they switch to another person mm-hmm. and the goal is to get like if i give them 20 spots is to get all 20 set columns filled out which they don't enjoy the the rushed aspect of it but they like the interacting with other people mm-hmm. aspect of yeah. it yeah. so and like i think the the running theme here is anything that like gets them to do something different than they would normally be doing in a classroom mm-hmm. is really good um i think i've talked about this before too but i was just thinking about it while i was here but the music i do a, a oh yeah that's true who does that uh I don't know how to say this. Like, a like March Music Madness, sort yeah. of like a like a, it is. Mm-hmm. It is exactly. It's a double elimination. So yeah. uh, it's not a double elimination. It's a single elimination because we don't listen to the losers. Sorry, <laughs> we listen to them one time and that's it. But what I do is I, I in the beginning when I started doing this, I, I would pick like a song from each country that speaks Spanish. But that became really really hard because I don't know if you know this or not, but there are some countries out there that just don't make good music or don't make any music. <laughs> so like. To find a person that's specifically, for example, from Uruguay, I mean, <laughs> that's very difficult to do. So yeah. um, I'm not saying it's it's not I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's just difficult. So what I do is I just pick songs that I like, like popular music, try to make it as like uh, appropriate as possible. But also like some kids don't even know what the words mean. Right. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. But it, yeah. And then we just listen to them. And every day we do a different like we do the bracket every day. And they love that so much. They. Yep. There are kids that still, I actually had, I don't know if y'all saw the picture, but I had um, some kids at my house that I taught like years ago. Yeah, your first graduating And class. they were talking about the songs from that no. music Aww. competition. They were like, we still listen to Nina Bonita. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> that's like awesome. ancient history. That but, is ancient history. That's but, awesome though. I yeah. love that. And that was like six years ago. So, I mean, it really does, it really, it it's something that they really enjoy and they really like, 
they like doing the music because it's something they, yep. that all people enjoy really is music. Yeah, and I think if you're talking about high high school and teens, I mean, I just think That's there's, true. I just don't yeah. know if there's one teen you can't get through to with yeah. music. I feel like it's the it's either a lot of the music or the visual because we do yeah. we do the music video too yeah. if there is yeah. one so and that really it has been really good there are a lot of people out there that have a lot of really great um resources for that one of them is allison weinhold who is i can't remember what her what her uh oh mis clases locas her <laughs> she has really great resources for this and then there's another one too but i can't remember Spanish plans. He's a Spanish plans on it. Senior Ashby, maybe. Uh, Locura de Marzo, which yeah, is yeah, yeah, March yeah, Madness. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, that's a, that's uh, a whole Facebook yeah. page, and it'll take a lot of the guesswork out if you're not yeah. if you're uncomfortable with the picking of the music. Now, Luke, he he knows he knows the right songs. I mean, he'll he'll get you in with his own choices. But if you're like uncomfortable in that area, the the battles are chosen for you every week, and then March in March it's actually a, a much bigger thing. Yeah. So it'll take the guesswork out yeah. um, of it. And I do it every semester, so mine's not really so much March Madness as it is just like right. uh, Mania Musical is what yeah. I call it like a musical mania because that's just like it's so you do like one a day or one a week or what I will do, do it depends like some days I'll do one a day some days I'll skip a couple days mm-hmm. it just depends on what we're doing in class mm-hmm. okay. it, I try to work it into my um, my like introduction slides like what you do almost. Like yeah. my daily routine daily. stuff so yep. it's like we do, we, talk, we do a weather talk we do a calendar talk and then we do Musica Manica, uh, yep. Mania, Mania Musical, just so that it's like worked in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I let them vote. Like I was doing Google, Google forms for a while, but that was just too much work on my yeah. part. So now we just raise hands, yeah. which is pr- totally fun. Like mm-hmm. go, you can go back to the basics if it doesn't mm-hmm. work for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, okay. That was great. Let me see. We'll answer one more. Um, Let's do, what are some real life applications and benefits of language learning that can keep learners engaged and motivated? I mean, I think there's just oh, so many. I don't know if I, I could like. I got one. Okay, go um, for it. Yeah. So sometimes this is kind of rare that it happens with German, but every once in a while, a kid will come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, I heard German the other day and I interacted with them. And then, while it's much more common for y'all with Spanish, yes. it does happen to my kids. And that is a real um, mm-hmm. motivator for them because they're like, oh my gosh, I recognized it and I understood what they were saying and I knew how to respond to it. Yeah. So it yeah. just kind of surprises them. What like, is there a theme or a context that comes up more often than not? Like, what would you say if they said I came into contact with German? What can just you hearing what it doing in the it? no, probably just like the store. The kids that have told me about it are just like they've heard it in the they store. They were just out mm-hmm. and about, just out and about. And Mine comes up a lot. I get that. That was kind of gonna. I'm piggybacking off of that. Um, food, order food again. I think is a food, music, things that really draw people right. into. But I have students come up to me and say, I ordered all in Spanish. I impressed my family or I was able to have this extended conversation with the person serving us or like food, the food truck movement being right. huge, especially I feel like Latin American food trucks are all over the place, especially here in the middle Tennessee area. Right. And just being able to get to know per, uh, someone there's, I had a student last year. He uh, has some family in Kentucky and they found um, this Peruvian food truck uh-huh. and he has developed a relationship with no the great way. little Amazing. grandma so that that you know kind of does the cooking it's not her i think it's just her family business right. but she does most of the cooking and you know i mean he can ask her what recommending and this is this is not an upper level student yeah you know this isn't even a student that like even like does wonderful in the class but he has found his thing to do yeah. and so i feel like food comes up oh, a yeah. whole lot i know luke i uh 
text you or message you the other day it's like let's get some food trucks here if the yeah, school would ever real. allow it and have yeah. them order yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it yeah i mean that's such a, if logistics and red tape always kind of get in yeah. the way here but that's such a tangible I mean. thing too because mm-hmm. there's so much there's I, I should say there are so many like latin restaurants like around so mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. always going to be an opportunity for you to like be able to communicate with someone in spanish period because there are just so many spanish speakers here german is that's wild that they would have heard that somewhere yeah, yeah. it that's doesn't awesome. happen a lot I feel like that's just like but kismet like mm-hmm. it's just like that was just specifically for them yeah exactly you know uh let me see let me see i think like anytime that they're able to like talk with someone or like i know for for example i had a, one of my ap kids she works at like firestone Mm-hmm. And she like comes in contact with people who speak Spanish all the time, and she she can she will tell me like I can tell when they're having trouble with English, and like mm-hmm. I'll be like, do you speak Spanish? And they'll be like, yes. And then she'll be like, I, I'm able to help people. Yeah, like that's, and I, nice. that's really it gives them like a sense of purpose in a way because it's mm-hmm. like I'm able to like assist someone with something that they're not able to mm-hmm. do well. Yeah, and that really was helpful for her. And so I think that anytime they get to like interact with someone where it's where it's being helpful, right? That's good. That's a really great opportunity for them to like. It makes them. I mean, we don't do help. We don't help others because it makes us feel good, but it does make them feel good, you know. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, I think traveling, like if you're going to travel, especially if you're going to go to a Spanish-speaking country. I know a lot of places that are very touristy. Like a lot of people speak English, but the Spanish culture is so Hispanic culture. Let me make that distinction. Mm-hmm. Hispanic <laughs> culture is so warm. They love, like, they want you to speak Spanish to them. And if you do, they're yes. like, oh, my God. Que bueno que hablas español. Like, yeah. it's, it's like so, <laughs> they're so warm and they, they love it so much when you do that. And it, it's, it really does, like, I don't know. It's just a nice experience to have someone who, I can't imagine it's the same for German speakers. It is not the same. <laughs> I, would say, I would venture to say Europe in general. That's why I made the distinction between yeah, Hispanic and Spanish. Because uh, they would not be insulted but they would just be like oh i know more than you and they just go to their english yeah so, yeah. yeah um i'll say this is the uh, a european story in france uh on a summer vacation one time it was right across the spanish border so i was able to talk to a lot of french people even though i didn't know french but they knew spanish because uh-huh. it was so close yeah. um to the border and i had an, like a very positive response even when i tried a little french and i definitely have this stereotype mm-hmm. in my mind that french why, why even bother trying if why you can't yeah. get it That's Get it right, but again, I wasn't. I wasn't in the the real touristy or urban places. I was in little rural villages. I think in that that there's a more friendly atmosphere. I felt more comfortable. That's what I hear too. Is that the metropolitan areas are much more? uh, They they are much more um, snooty. Well, not snooty, but they're just they're a lot harder on people for speaking their language. Mm -hmm. Like Like, I know, like from from what I've heard, like Paris is really like they're like oh. You're, you might as well just speak English. But in like, yeah. the country, they'd be like, oh, my God, how great that you speak French. Or well, that and there's a word for it. But this whole idea of like, I think, and I think more urban metropolitan areas, they're going to have access to English at an earlier age mm-hmm. and just know it more than maybe I would know their French or whatever. Anglicization. That, but there's the whole thing. I just that, like, made that word up. That's not a real thing. Yeah, it is. No, I'm with is. you. I'm totally with you in this idea. But there's this whole thing that's like once someone starts speaking your home language, your motivation has just yeah. been crushed. Yeah, um, to exactly. It's so, like when I've been to Mexico so many times, but when I go to the tourist places, I think they're really encouraged to only speak English to help improve their English. Mm-hmm. But of course, all I want to do is speak Spanish. Yeah. Right. I give up eventually. I'm like. I know this is. I, I know I can speak Spanish just as well as you can speak English. Let's mm-hmm. do this, but mm-mm. yeah. But then you go outside of the 
Yeah, and then so going back to the real life, promoting, getting out of the right. touristy places mm, right. and experiencing real life. Well, and um, having in, conversations that aren't the, the, you know, really easy things, like getting deeper, then that's when I noticed that oof. when people were willing to stay in German with me was when I tried to branch over, because I'm willing to look like an idiot, like branch over into the topics that are a little bit harder to talk mm-hmm, about, because mm-hmm. then they haven't practiced that in their English, and so then they stay in German oh, with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think... That is really a great, like, observation. Like, you really do have to push yourself if you want to have those kinds of, like, meaningful connections with people. Because yep. at the surface level, it'd be really easy for them, someone to just switch over if they see you're struggling. Right. Or if they know that you're not, yeah. you don't speak their language as a first language. So, but I do, I think that's really, like, that's a very astute observation. Yep. Um, you guys, I just, the problem is I want to keep the podcast short but we have such a good time talking. We do. So here's the thing. This podcast is going to be a little bit longer, but I think that that's okay. And I think what we need to do is we need to ask the audience, you guys out there listening to us, do you like the longer podcasts or do you want them to be like 20, 25 minutes? Because we could sit here and talk for 40 minutes easily and we pretty yeah. much regularly do. Yeah. <laughs> and it does create a little bit more work for me on the back end because I do have to split the podcast up some mm-hmm. way. And I'd rather just leave it as one continuous um, episode. I, I, I like it when it's like that. Um, but it really, it's I want to put it the ball into your court. So if you would just let us know what you think yeah, about these longer helpful. form things. And I'm not saying that it's going to be this way all the time. Cause we'll definitely have podcasts that do fit into that 20 to 30 mm-hmm. minute mm-hmm. like slot. But I think some of these more important things where we're actually discussing, you know, like this one about engagement, I think it was really good that it was as long as it was. I mean, we talked for almost two hours basically <laughs> wow. about wow. engagement. So, but it's because it's so important. So mm-hmm. I do it's, think that it's yeah. good, Super you know, important. and I, and in our podcast, episodes are going to be so strange because it's going to be like engagement part one engagement part two engagement part three engagement part four they're like do they talk about anything else (laughs) so please let us know what you think about the longer form um podcast like this but we would love to get that oh i mean we just love to hear from you in general so if you have questions if you like want to give a comment or just say something that you enjoyed or did not enjoy about the show or the shows we would love to hear that and as always, I feel like here's my spiel about where we are. We're on all the podcast places. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, we're also on Google Podcasts. We're, we're on places I don't even know about. Like, honestly, they, they've been putting us everywhere. We're everywhere. We're also on Instagram. This is where you will see probably most of what I post anyway is on Instagram. So that's at Linguist Lounge. Uh, we would love to connect with you there. So send us a DM or comment on a picture or whatever. And we're also on Facebook, Linguist Lounge, facebook.com slash Linguist Lounge. And you can send us an email, linguistlounge at gmail.com. And as mm-hmm. always, we look forward to speaking to you again. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Ciao. The linguists would like to thank the following people for their help making this podcast possible. Christian Gaposi for use of your studio, you're the literal best. Our families for putting up with our crazy notions and allowing us to do it anyway. We love you all. Our friends for supporting and loving us, we are truly grateful for you. And to you for tuning in. We hope to see you again real soon. Intro and outro music by Brotheration Records. Podcast logo designed by Monday Morning Creative Studio.